first deliberately, consciously form the intention that you're going to meditate and understand as clearly as you can what meditation is. and a purpose for going into meditation and bring that to the surface of your mind. in your mind until it becomes a strong determination. Get your emotions involved. where you link yourself to your objective. And let this determination infuse your whole being so that even your body, even the cells in your body are carrying on this determination. Holding all these in your mind to the best of your abilities in a nice, calm way. Seeing the importance for the body to cooperate. Bring your attention to your legs. And let the legs find that posture, that placement which is most conducive to meditation and just let the legs stay there and what indicates to you that the position is indeed conducive to meditation is a sense of relax, relaxation sense of ease the legs are stable where you place them, they are comfortable and you are not consciously holding them in place. You can even start to feel a sense of ease in the legs of themselves. Do the same thing with the hands. Place them in such a place, in such a posture, they are comfortable, where they are stable, where you don't need to consciously hold them in place, and you feel that sense of ease now spreading from the legs, including the hands, elbows not too far, not too close. 
shoulders even. Back straight. Head and neck centered. Feel how the sense of ease now is spreading. And once you reach the back, how it adds a level of confidence in the from the posture itself. Mouth, teeth, tongue resting in their natural places. So the jaws are not too loose, teeth are not clenched. The tip of the tongue is relaxed, touching slightly the back part of the upper teeth. Eyes can be opened if that's what's conducive for you, or closed, or half opened. Whichever you find most conducive for you, that's the one you adopt. And still continue to feel that sense of ease that you felt in the legs. Now spread throughout your body, from your legs to your head, to your eyes. And that sense of confidence you felt comes from the stability of the posture. And you feel it throughout the body. And the posture affects the breath. There's a slight change in the rhythm of the breath. The breath is calmer now than it was before. It's a bit more palpable than it was before. Without any intention to control the breath, without any intention to force the mind to focus on the breath, without any even concern for doing something about distractions, Bring your attention to the breath with the intention to simply follow the breath, to know you're breathing out as you are breathing out, to know that you're breathing in as you are breathing in. Whatever else may be present in the mind, don't hold on to them and don't chase them away. Your only concern is while you're breathing in, do you know that you're breathing in? While you're breathing out, do you know you are breathing out?
make new, make fresh your intentions, your motivation, how important is it for you. And feel that determination again throughout your body, throughout your mind. to infuse your intentions, your your actions. As you follow the breath, become aware of the mind itself that's following the breath. And have the intention to keep this awareness on the breath unbroken. Follow the breath with an unbroken continuity of awareness for about 11 of a sense of ease, how that sense of ease is not only in the body but also in the breath, how it is even further reflected in the mind. So from within this very sense of ease, bring your attention to the space in front of you, at the level of your eyebrows, about a prostration's distance from you. While focusing in that space, again bring forth your determination, knowing that you're going to meditate, knowing the purpose, knowing your goal, and invoke that means through which you will achieve your goal, to come to you in a palpable sense of a presence to guide you.
please feel that presence, the bright presence of your infallible guide, who will surely take you, guide you, to the realization that you seek. In fact, it is the very realization itself taking form to guide you. Somewhere within you, there's a, some measure of conviction that this is indeed what is in front of you. From that conviction, a great sense of reverence comes in your mind. Out of that sense of reverence, prostrate. Still holding on to that measure of conviction. Now entrust yourself, place yourself under the protection and guidance of your infallible guide. Take refuge. then that sense of confidence, sense of sense of clarity, that this session is protected. you will be taken closer to your goal in this very session. Express your gratitude, make offerings. the obstacles 
to not purify your mind further, to remove any unnecessary guilt. So admit your faults, admit the actions committed under their influence, especially any recent ones. Seeing how these actions are the very cause of the very obstacle you're experiencing and will experience in the future. You regret having undertaken them. You regret having allowed yourself to come under the sway of the faults and imperfections. And from that regret, again, turn your attention to your infallible guide. And place yourself under their protection. Place yourself under her guidance. Feel that measure of strength and from that make a promise to be strange in the future. Promise that you will not allow yourself to come to act under the influence of these weaknesses. Think of a definite period of time when you will exercise restraint. Make the promise to do so. make a promise to do something to make up. Feel a sense of lightness and knowing <coughs> that the steps you just took rejoice and let the mind continue to experience the subtlety, the refinement of the state of mind, continuing to rejoice that your mind to great joy in goodness, 
all measures of goodness, yours and others. in the state let your heart embrace all beings seeing their condition strongly wish that they be free of their problems strongly wish that they find true happiness to your teacher, your infallible guide, and feel how you're connected to all enlightened beings through your infallible guide. From this realization, make the request to them. Beg them to come into the lives of sentient beings, to show the beings how to truly end pain, how to truly find happiness and beg them to stay in their lives for as long as it takes. And feel the momentum you've gathered so far. Feel you're aware of the degree of serenity that's in the mind. And dedicate this by turning, directing this momentum towards the meditation that you're about to do through dedication. Dedicate these merits to the success of your meditation.
be continuing to be aware of that strong presence of the teacher in front of you. This is your infallible guide, the actual means through which you will definitely achieve the goal of your aspirations and strongly aspire to become closer. And now feel that bright presence above your head and beg for blessings. Thinking about this meditation, beg for blessings to succeed. And see the blessings reaching you in a stream of liquid light, filling you, washing away your obstacles, filling you with all that you need to realize your goal. Then after a certain point, your aspiration grows stronger and you wish to be inseparable with the teacher. See and feel that bright presence above your head. Descend to the crown of your head. Becoming one with your mind in your heart center. being inseparable means to you, hold on to it with affirmation. 
slowly bring your attention back to your breath. Through the awareness of the breath, become aware of the body once more. So you've been practicing. Last Sunday, the sound that you created was the sound of a thousand motorcycles. <laughs> and now I'm here in Pachabell Academy. <laughs> uh, what, what are you going to produce for me next, uh, next day? <laughs> are we going to see Gandavas in the air? <laughs> This music was sort of a setup, I think, for the meditation. <laughs> uh, so we're going to meditate on interdependence uh, as a means of uh, absorbing uh, ourselves in the true nature of reality. We're going to meditate on the, uh, on the, I guess, first of all, sort of arriving at a conclusion to make it for you a sense of a, a, like a fact, like a fact that there is not a phenomena that you experience. There's not a phenomena that you uh, come in contact with that is not itself, but but a mere uh, expression of cooperation that you cannot find anywhere, any phenomena that is completely isolated, that is completely, uh, that is a complete independent entity unto itself. And by complete entity unto itself, it means that uh, whatever you see, if, if you were to encounter such a phenomena, everything about that phenomena would be coming from the power of that phenomena. That the power would, that phenomena would have no connection with with any other phenomena whatsoever. That its existence would be its own, through its own power. That uh, it, it has no cause. That it has, uh, that it's not connected with, that uh, its, continu its continuation is, is going on through its own power, not depending on anything outside itself. Uh, it's not like a, if you look at a, almost as if you, you, you discover a light bulb and everything about that light bulb comes from that light bulb. There is not a thing about that light bulb that does not come from something else. Like right now, when you look at a light bulb, you look at the, you see the different materials come from something other than the light bulb. The metal comes from non-light bulb. 
the glass comes from non-light bulb, the glow comes from non-light bulb, everything comes from something else. So the, so the phenomena, a light bulb, is itself a demonstration, a, a, a manifestation of cooperation. The metal stopped being just metal, the glass stopped being just glass, the electricity stopped being electricity, and all these things coming together, the gas and, and whatever else goes into a light bulb, uh, together they become light bulb. Okay? So if you were to find a light bulb that is completely independent, completely not depending on anything else, and that means the metal part would be something that exists only in the light bulb. There would not be some phenomena outside where you can say, oh, that's where, that's where, get, that's where you get the metal from. There would not be a phenomena, there would not even be electricity coming from outside of it, coming into it, making it, making it glow. Electricity would be, it's, that it, it, would be, it would have been produced by the light bulb itself. Okay? So that would be an example of a phenomena that is completely independent, that is completely self-sustaining, that is completely what, you, what is also referred to as substantial. And because it has no uh, dependence on any other, th because it would have no dependence on any other, anything else, because it would uh, be uh, 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 sustaining its existence through its own power without dependence on any other factors whatsoever, then it can do whatever it wants. It, it owes nothing to no one, you could say. Okay. But try as you, as you may, for as long as you want, as a matter of fact, uh, endless uh, continuation of samsara, we, that's what sentient beings in samsara are somewhat looking for. We are looking for that phenomena. And not only are we looking for that phenomena, we stop looking for it because we think we found it. We think all phenomena are this way. And this con conviction lies at the very uh, root of our unconsciousness, you could say, the root of samsara. Not the, not the root in the sense of the essence of our being, but in a, the root that produces this existence called suffering, suffering existence. It is this uh, almost unconscious conviction that phenomena exist this way. So if indeed uh, someone harms you, if it is indeed all the power of harming comes from that someone, then you have all the right to destroy it. Because that would be, it is its nature. That's what it does. It cannot help itself but harm. And you and you would be the right thing for you to do to destroy it. But unfortunately, fortunately and unfortunately, that is not the case. Because if it was the case that it was that, phenom it was that phenomena's nature to harm, then you could not change it. All it can... You cannot change it from a nature of harming to a nature of not harming. You understand that? If it was indeed the nature of that thing to only, that is, that is its purpose, that is its mode of existence, harming. All you can do is stay away from it. You can't really, you, you would not be able to destroy it. Because destroying it would be changing its nature into something that it is not. If it is only harming and nothing else but harming, you cannot make it something that is not harming. 
And the reason that you're puzzled by this is because there no such phenomena exists. But unconsciously, we ascribe this kind of a, a, a nature to everything that we encounter. The reason that we get upset when something ups, uh, when we encounter a, a, a particular kind of situation, because at that moment we think that that is the nature, the nature of that thing. It exists only to upset me. It cannot, it, it cannot change to anything else. It cannot be anything else but something to upset me. So I have the complete right to just continue to be upset. Okay? As a matter of fact, I was just minding my business. I didn't want to be upset. And this thing is extracting upsetness from me. Because that, that is its nature. That's what it does. We are convinced of that. And, but there is no such phenomena. Uh, because a phenomena doesn't own its ex- motive, doesn't own its existence. Its its existence, the power for it to exist, is borrowed or is lent to it. It is it is due to a, 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 a cooperation of many other factors. So you can say this. Every element that comes in, that comes, uh, that comes uh, together to create this uh, appearance of a phenomenon. These non, mm, these, oh, and I was, I'm not going to say none. I'm going to say, I'm going to say mysterious. These mysterious entities that comes in together, that comes together to 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 create something new, to create a phenomenon. It is because of their very nature to cooperate. That's why they're able to produce something different from themselves. It's because the metal nature makes it, because the, the nature of that metal is a, a nature that, is, that can cooperate with others. That's why it can cooperate with something that is not metal, with glass and electricity and gas, and produce something completely you will not find with metal you will find a light bulb. And the same thing with the glass, the same thing with the gas, the same thing with everything else. Okay? They can produce light. So think of the, the phenomena of a light bulb uh, shining as uh, being an example of every entity. And the, the, when you go into uh, the root or the fundamental, the, the, the foundation of, of, of this, of everything, what you find is the ability to cooperate. What you find is the nature of being able to cooperate. That is at the, that is at the core of everything that exists. And, and, and also because these mysterious elements are emotionally selfless. I'm saying emotionally selfless in a sense that what they want to come out is not necessarily uh, their own selfish, selfish interests. Okay. Because they are able to, uh, because their nature allows them not to have, not to hold on to a selfish uh, a goal, to a selfish interest, they can allow so- anything to happen. They can come together and then create something that is where 
for example, fire can come in contact with, with, with skin and it equals, their, their cooperation equals burning sensation. Okay. The fire has no intention of burning you and it has no intention of giving you bliss. It has no, it, it's not holding on to selflessly to any, any one of those uh, uh, qualities. And the skin has no self-interest of causing you, wanting to cause you to suffer or wanting to cause you bliss. And because of that, you can experience either, well, for, um, uh, for most of us, fire coming in contact with the skin equals burning, equals uh, pain. But that is not the, the fundamental nature of, 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 uh, of any of those elements. It can be where fire is introduced to skin and then instead of experiencing pain, or you experience actually bliss. It can be that way also. And the reason that allows for this is because none of these elements, mysterious elements I'm calling them, uh, like that, if, if you can think of a fundamental element that, which doesn't exist, but we, could, we can th- uh, sort of imagine it. Imagine a fun- because of the nature of these fundamental elements is to not to exert their own, prop- their own uh, objectives. It's not to exert their own, uh, they don't have their own uh, agenda, so to speak. Okay? And because of that, Anything is possible. You can experience pain or you can experience bliss. And it is not only uh, due to those things coming together. And that's where uh, the Madhyamika says, uh, 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 and and the mind only school trying to point to it, why consciousness, why mind is so important. You can have all the different you can uh, you can have all the different elements coming together to create something normally would be something would be one thing, but if the mind refuses to cooperate, that phenomena will not will not happen. Either at a personal level or at a uh, uh, collective conscious level. Okay, so if. For, for, for example, uh, that uh, we've seen people, I don't know if you've seen it, but have you seen people <laughs> playing with fire and their skin is not burning them? And, it, and it's not necessarily something as a, uh, they don't have to necessarily be some extremely realized being for, for, it, for this to happen. And I think at some level of hypnosis, they, they are able to, to, to stop the skin from, uh, uh, from burning, right? Just by suggestion. The mind refuses to make that to cooperate in these two phenomena, fire and skin coming together for it to equal burning. Are you saying that it won't um, damage? It won't damage the skin. The skin is not damaged. Nothing happens to the skin. It's not not just that the person is sort of like uh, under some sort of hypnotic amnesia. uh, Not amnesia, what's that called? Like... um, well, they're in a trance that does something like... You know, anesthetize. Yeah, anesthetize. So they're not anesthetized to the pain. Like, there is burning, and they're just, they're just not uh, saying it's painful. No. Or the, 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 the part that we say it's painful is... is, uh, is uh, what say? Yeah, it's been deactivated. So they, even though it's burning, they, they're, not, they're not feeling pain. Not, I'm not talking about that. That is one level also. So 
to say it is painful, the mind has to cooperate. Yeah. Right? But also for it to actually burn, the mind also has to cooperate. So it's not just those things coming together. So it's, it's not just uh, 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 things outside of the mind coming together and then the mind is forced to experience it. The mind also has to participate in the cooperation. Okay. Never heard of such a case. Never such a case. No. Uh, I just I can't imagine that. Who could be? Um. I mean, fire skin together. They're gonna. The, the, the fast moving whatever of the fire is gonna. And speed up the whatever of the skin, and it's gonna like char. Yeah. I, I just. See what what you're describing. See what what you're describing is. That's how your mind. Is willing to co. That's how your mind takes this. That's the cooperation your mind is willing to do. That's uh, is that is, is, is that make sense? That's the cooperation your mind is willing to do. What is willing to? Like when fire and this comes together, that's how I'm, that's how I'm going to cooperate. I'm going. It's going to be this mm-hmm. phenomenon. Right. It's going to burn. It's going to char. It doesn't matter. But you're, you're using mind cooperating the same way, like the, the metal cooperating to be light bulb. Yeah. So it's not just metal and glass and gas and ta-da-da-da cooperating together and then no matter what, you get, you get light bulb. The mind also has to cooperate. For the light bulb? Too. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> now, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it's not that the mind is completely uh, is a complete is a complete uh, uh, what do you call that a complete foreign entity and then you have mind and you have all the other stuff other than mind and then these things are happening and then the mind decides okay let, let me jump in when decides to jump in somewhere it's it's they're all equally cooperating with each other right, the mind's part of the soup. The, yeah the mind is part of the soup okay but the mind plays a special role, a special role, and just like you can have the uh, the, the person at the, the person that the level that you you can uh, accept right now is that someone can have a a, a, a lamp and a, a torch, uh, a candle under their skin and, and in their hand, and although it's burning, the mind refuses to cooperate as far well as pain is concerned. They don't feel any pain. Yeah, I can, I can, I can push my mind to say it like that. Yeah. Now, if you understand the the appearance of the phenomena of pain as a cooperation, and you can understand how the candle is a cooperation, the flame is a cooperation, you have to understand the phenomena. The skin burning is also a cooperation, cooperation, and also if not also another demonstration of cooperation. Right, I agree that it's a cooperation, but I don't agree that the mind's an essential component for that. I think that's like a physical thing, and if you put those two physical things like fire and skin together, you'll get melting of skin or burning of skin. Yeah, that's that 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 is that is that is what we have collectively agreed to be what should be when those things when when we perceive those things to happen. But even those things, just understanding that oh, it's it is not in the very nature of things to to be 
that whatever appearance you have in front of you, it is not in the very nature of those things for that appearance to be. that all those things that are involved have no nature, do, uh, are not from the very beginning possessing of that nature. Which nature? Whatever, whatever nature appears to you, like burning. Like, like so the, the, yeah. the glass doesn't possess the nature of light bulb? Yeah. Okay. okay. In that, in that, if, you, if you can understand that at a fundamental, na- at, at a, you can, what seems to be something to be uh, the, uh, what is commonly accepted to be the natural outcome when this and this happens. Right. Even such a thing need not happen for you. Mm-hmm. Like introducing fire to the skin and, the, and, the, and, the, and the, the phenomena of burning skin, does not, you don't necessarily have to experience it. Not pain from burning skin, burning of the skin. Burning of the skin itself. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, uh... What happens? What happens to you if if someone cuts your heart open with a knife? Um, I mean, I'd be in pain, physical pain. And what what what, what would what would be? It cuts the heart open. Yeah, cuts the heart open. I'm not talking about just cut the skin above the heart. I'm talking about cut the skin through the flesh and gets to the heart and yeah. then opens the heart. I don't know how long I would feel anything, or I don't know how long. No, tell me everything, everything that would happen. Everything that would happen? Yeah. Everything that would come to your mind that, could, that, that would be a normal thing that would say would happen. Um, I think there's a good chance that I would be um, upset. Like, like, um, That's all that would happen? Just an emotional <laughs> reaction? <laughs> I'm upset? <laughs> no, I, like, since you're talking about physical properties, well, what else would happen to physical part? What physical? Oh, okay, uh, physically, the, the blood would come out. Uh-huh. The wound. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, if the heart, I guess, yeah, blood would come out of the heart and the wound and the skin and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing stuff would still be circulating and coming out. Like the blood would keep circulating around, coming out of the heart. Uh-huh. You And then you and, and then and you go have breakfast, right? No, then then uh, <laughs> Are you afraid of that word? Are you afraid of that saying it? <laughs> I mean, your skin is punctured. Your heart is open. <laughs> is out. Yeah, so I, I guess I'd be aware of that I'd been said. Uh-huh. And then I'd be having some reaction that I said. I might probably would have, 
I think if it happened at this point, I'd be having an erection like, like, oh no, I'm going to die. I'm not ready to die now. Mm-hmm. Or I might, I might, I might not. I might, I might be saying, okay, now it's, now it's happening. Uh, and there's nothing really here for me that was really great anyway. <laughs> and like, okay, now let's see what this death thing will go about. But I think most, I think most likely I'd be thinking still like, oh, I'm not ready. So the conviction that you have at that moment as to what, what's supposed to be happening when these elements coming together, that death is coming. Yeah, death is coming, yeah. Okay. And well, doctors do this every day. Is, I'm not really sure. So the point I'm trying to say with that is doctors do this every day. Death doesn't come. Instead, life comes. Uh, right, surgery, right? Yeah. Skin is cut, the flesh is cut, the heart is cut, and that... With the same phenomena, death is not what is, is the death is not the outcome. Right. And there are people who can put a candle under the skin and they will not burn. I'm sure you've seen those. Uh, there's a, f- I'm not sure which, I forgot which religion. There's a, like a festival they do, and the people come out and they pierce their skin with skewers. Yes, Sufis do that. Sufis do that? You said Indian do that? In India? Sufis also. They walk on fire. There you go, they walk on fire. And you heard about fire walking. I mean, there are a lot of frauds, but there are, there are people who actually do that. They, and did they go to the hospital afterwards? No, no, English. They, 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 they cannot explain how they can. They go from one side to the other slowly. And they do jokes and people who drink yoga. Mm-hmm. They do that and mm-hmm. um, they don't get burned. Yeah. yeah, that could be like a callus thing. Like they develop such a thick callus. They burn so many times that they don't get burned anymore. Okay. <laughs> All right, that, 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 would, that, would, that would work, right? Uh, uh, so many times. <laughs> there's also, um, right now they're showing on um, Discovery Channel, Superhumans. Mm-hmm. It's a program that study people who do any good things. There is a, yes. It's called Stanley? He's the author of There is this individual who goes into like saunas, like at 300 degrees and he has a different... Uh, yeah, they get to the sauna and they raise the temperature to 300 degrees and any other human being will get toast. <laughs> yeah. He walks out of there with no injuries. So 300 yeah. degrees? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're showing it on, on the, the Discovery Channel. Yeah. And I thought I was in hell the other day when it was 90 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what the humidity <laughs> That's what does it, right? That's yeah. what makes it hell, the humidity. Hey! <laughs> Well, it took it takes a long took it took a long time to get to this point, but <laughs> the main thing I just no, going to, to the the how the 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 importance of the mind cooperating for phenomena for phenomena. It doesn't mean that the you know you take there's the mind and the phenomena is coming out of it like you know like water coming out of a spout or something like that. Not, not in that sense, but the mind cooperating. You have to understand it's that all the, it's the there's mind, there's matter, there's all these energy, all these things like in the soup, 
and then they're all equally in the soup, and they have to. Uh, they their nature allows them to interact with each other, to cooperate with each other, and the degree of cooperation. Uh, uh, the one whose nature gives more of a of a of a you could say of a more of a deciding factor of deciding how much the cooperation can be is the mind. One of those phenomena that exists out there that has, as part of its nature, the capacity to decide, yeah, the capacity to decide to what degree to cooperate. Okay. In, with regard, I can understand with regard to uh, like a person, you saying like a person coming to harm. Mm-hmm. Um, to cooperate and, and, and um, See, get angry, but, but you're saying also it has the power, to co- more power to cooperate with things like the fire burning the hand. Yeah, too. yeah. So you, you have to see, you have to see that that phenomena called anger to be equal to this phenomenon in the same way that you can con- you, you, anger you find it to be something that is so uh, manageable or so, or so con- uh, what's that word, uh, so... Malleable? Yeah, so malleable. It's not just anger. It's not just uh, emotions which are so malleable. Everything that exists is as malleable as your emotions of anger. You see somebody's coming at you, come, somebody's... Co- is, is, uh, not only approaching you with intention to harm you, but actually beginning to harm you. In the same way that you can control whether or not you get angry or not, yes, you can control whether or not this person harms you. Okay. When, was that earlier today? When the text says, or when they're referring to how you create your your reality that is what what you can experience and what not can, what you cannot experience is completely up to you and what allows that to happen is that you are a phenomena that is connected with mind it's not only just the emotions or the subjective things that you have you can have control of Everything is of, the, is of the same nature as those subjective things. The, the, the fundamental nature of mind is the same as the fundamental nature of this cup. And in the same way you can uh, m- manipulate easily the, men- the subjective factors, or uh, I'm not going to get angry, I'm not going to be upset, or I'm going to be angry, I'm going to be upset, I'm going to be joyful, I'm not going to be joyful. The same way that you can sort of like easily train yourself to really make this happen at will. In the same way, this cup can be a cup and not a cup at will. In the same way, the fire can burn or not burn at will. In the same way, I can feel pain or not feel pain at will. In the same way, because... It, it, you have to understand that feeling pain and not feeling pain—that take it, take it as a, that's a phenomenon. 
I'm feeling pain. That's a phenomenon. I'm not feeling pain. That's a phenomenon. And uh, in this, uh, how we sort of have the ability to isolate things, and we, uh, you uh, isolate just that I'm in pain. I'm not in pain. Don't look at it as my skin is burning, or my there's a puncture in my skin. There's a puncture in my emotion, and then you say, oh. I'm calling this pain. Think of the pain as a, as a, a separate phenomena as the skin is a f separate phenomena from the, the cup. Okay? Or separate phenomena from the lion. And in that same way, you can make the isolation. So, skin puncture doesn't necessarily mean pain. And the same way you can have that phenomena of pain not appear even though the uh, what would commonly be called uh, the the what would commonly be called uh, the the causes for pain have come together, but you refuse to cooperate completely. So uh, skin being punctured, you make it not equal pain. You can even make it equal pleasure. And. Even you go f even further. What other phenomena do you, are you perceiving? Oh, uh, 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 skin is punctured. There will be a wound, and there's, I'm going to get sick. You can even those also be just a phenomena that can, that you don't necessarily have to cooperate for it to happen. It's like that uh, you mentioned the Sufis. They they poke or they put a, a skewer going from one cheek to the other. And they take it out, and there's no—it's not bleeding, and there's no—there's uh, no sign that they, the, the person was stabbed. I mean, they actually literally stabbed themselves, and they don't die from it. People walk on fire. That's the guy you know, put himself in a, in a in a sauna, 300 degrees, and then then get burned. Being burned, being 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 uh, uh, all those things are just phenomena. Yes, all those things come together, but one phenomena that is very powerful in deciding whether or not to cooperate is the mind. The mind can decide not to cooperate. That's the incredible thing about the mind among the other phenomena that exist. Huh. How can you apply that concept to daily living, like, to influence our behavior, right? in a good way, like, to, to progress in life. Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, you have to begin with what you already uh, are convinced about. And understanding how, and, and, and the reason that we want to know about this is specifically when we, when we encounter problems. When you encounter a problem, you don't have to participate and say, and, and make it equal problem. You can make it equal something else. At, at, at least say, oh, this is an opportunity for something. And you really try to see it as an opportunity and your mind will make it into an opportunity. But if your mind completely gives up and say, this is a problem, and it, it will be a problem because you have fully participated in it be, being a problem. Well, yes. You want to say something? Oh. <laughs> All right, uh, so.
the meditation that you were going to do <laughs> is to contemplate on that and then uh, get in, wanted to, to get into the idea of how, how at least the word cooperation is the nature of any appearance. Cooperation is the nature of any appearance. And because cooperation is the very nature of, a, of, a, of, a, of every appearance, you don't have to worry. It's almost as if everything that exists, exists to help you get what you want. And whatever you have is because you sort of ask all those other elements to cooperate in such a way to give it to you. And because they have no selfish in self-interest, they don't... Uh, and it's, this is... Uh, what do you call it? Giving uh, human quality to elements. It's, it's, it's not, yeah, it's not, it's not the intention to anthropomorphize you know, the elements. Like, you know, like if the elements are thinking or they're having a wish or anything like that, but just a way of explaining it. Okay. What was this? This was just cloth. This wasn't, it wasn't even cloth at one time. It was just thread. It wasn't even thread at one time. It was something else. But now, because whatever it started out with has no intention. It's just completely uh, just for sake of uh, explaining it. Because it had no intention of not being a tablecloth. It's now, it took, it's, an, it's, it's a, I don't know, you don't call it tablecloth, what do you call this? Lace. Lace. Doily. 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 Yeah, doily. <laughs> now it's doily. <laughs> you sure it's doily? <laughs> <laughs> doily? <laughs> I have to look this up in Google. <laughs> I have to ask the omniscient Google. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so that's why this is doily. <laughs> so in the same way, in the same way, where these phenomena co came, came together to, to, for this to be doily, <laughs> this could have been nirvana. Okay. <laughs> Fortunately. <laughs> okay, this could have been nirvana. All the effort. How all can, I mean, uh, nirvana is what then? Because it is, because it is not in the nature of these things to be only doily. Right, okay, but how can anything become nirvana? What if, I mean, say what nirvana is, right? Mm -hmm. It's the extinction of suffering. Right? Mm -hmm. How can... It's a phenomenon. So threads can become extinction of suffering. Yeah. <laughs> so work with what you can work, work with what you can you, you can see how thread which is not doily <laughs> become doily yeah. so you can see how ah of something that is not something else because of the process because of the nature of cooperation can become something that it wasn't and see whatever you experience as a mere appearance, a mere phenomena. And all phenomena have that nature. 
So wood, for example. All those things cooperating and becoming wood, they don't necessarily have to be wood. It could have been something else. Right. But I wouldn't be willing to say that goes for everything across the board, right? Everything across the board. So, wow. That is why uh, Jesus can walk on water. But it's not the nature of water to... For, for, to... No. To what? <laughs> To, to sink something that's on it or something. Mm. And because it's not your nature to suffer, that's why you can experience nirvana. <coughs> and because it's not your nature to be in nirvana, that's why you can suffer. And that was a bit confusing. Because you think that nirvana is your is your god is your god is your god given right. <laughs> it, it's it's your it's your it's your uh, inheritance. You just you know, decide when you're gonna cash in. No nirvana is you no. Know, it's it's in my nature. You know, I'm, I'm gonna I'll get it. You know, when I decide to get it. No, it's not in your nature. It's like something waiting for you to come and get it. Just like suffering is not in your nature, was waiting for you to come and get, waiting for you to come and get it. So what you're saying, like taking the delay, the threads, the wood, the tree, mm-hmm. the paper, the house, all those things, it's not like nirvana even is something, some distance away that has some exotic materials that need to be thrown together. Mm-hmm. It's actually what we cooperate or don't cooperate. Yeah. And it's not a place or a location. Yeah. It's a yeah. something we don't know yeah. how to say. So, something, some, something for the lack of a better word, we say something. You decide, okay, how to cooperate so I can get the result. Nirvana. Yeah, so, but like I could do that, or mm-hmm. I could do that. Can again the threads? Uh, I mean, they, I mean, I can, uh, or Dad can behave. Oh yeah, yeah. Only, only a, a mind. If you said before, the threads instead of becoming doily could become nirvana. Yeah. But then I'm talking about. I'm talking about for me. I'm calling it doily. You're calling it doily. I'm experiencing it as something. In 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 my experience, it is a doily for me. Right, but that could be nirvana for you. Yeah. That could be. Nirvana. Yeah. You see, so outside yeah. So you, you're talking about that as in this doily, and of course, this doily cannot become cannot become nirvana. There is an there is some sort of uh, process I can put it through, and then yeah. oh, look at nirvana over there, rather than saying a doily. Yeah. No, the very process by which I am cooperating to say this is doily. Uh. That is nirvana in the sense that it's not its nature to be doily. Equating its, its, its fundamental nature of perfect freedom, equating that with nirvana. Now, it, its nature versus my decision making its nature. 
All that, all that, all these are connected. That's all. We're assigning yeah. meaning. We assign meaning to something. Mm -hmm. But another part of the day could be the same phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah. That's the core. And but this assigning is not like uh, one day you will be able to do it. But for now, because we are so habituated with, we are we're so already habituated how to assign meanings. We keep assigning the meanings that aren't necessarily meaningful. <laughs> okay. But when we habituate ourselves to assigning meaningful meaning to things, then you could say. You, you just decide what at that moment, and it becomes that at that moment. Jesus decided to walk on water, and then water became hard surface for him to walk on at that moment. So you can't, I mean, we're changing, if we change the assignments so of like, that toilet is always a toilet. Uh huh. Even if you used it as a bandage, it's still a toilet. Yeah, it's a doily being used as a bandage. Yeah. But because it's not, it's not, it's not only a doily. That's why you can use it as a bandage. So at that level, we have some understanding of of, of its malleability. But we refuse to extend its malleability. To make it bridge or water. Yeah. We refuse to, to see how we can take this and then cover the entire earth with it. Yes, I refuse to see that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we cannot do it right now. Come on, stop it, okay? <laughs> I want to... <laughs> Cooperate with us, yeah. <laughs> Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll give you two answers. One answer is the, true, is the real answer, the, answer, the other answer is the made up answer. The made up answer is he changed himself and he changed the water. Which one is that the made up or the real one? Oh, I, I didn't give you the real one yet. Okay. The real one is there was nothing to change. <laughs> 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 okay. Right. I guess uh, we don't have time to. Uh, we have to. We have to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, we have, have to be fifteen minutes, right? Yeah. But you can uh, chew on it <laughs> in the meditation or. Uh, or dive into the infinite sea of, of interdependence. That how you cannot find any one thing that is not just a show of interdependence. And see what it feels like. <laughs>
So first make your determination clear as what you're going to do. Then bring yourself to that tranquil state you were before by recalling it as vividly as possible. And as soon as you have a taste of it, stabilize it by observing five cycles of breath. And whatever phenomena appears to your mind, see how it is but an appearance of interdependent factors. Interdependent factors. And whatever phenomena you end up with it itself becomes an interdependent factor.
attention back to your breath. Be aware of the tranquil state in which you find yourself now. And if I'm within this tranquil state, again, embrace all beings. Strongly wishing that they be free of their pain and suffering. Strongly wishing that they find true happiness. get the merits of your meditation to the achievement of your ultimate goal. Thank you. See you next week.